Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John. This is Crystal. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share struggles, we brainstorm solutions. And we would love to have you join us. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 80. <laughs> hey, 80, 80, woo. woo. I know. Awesome. We're octogenarians now. That's a new one. I, I, you haven't heard that one? I, why, in what context would I need to? I don't know. Old people. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I am the nerd like, that uses weird <laughs> words. So I understand. But no, octogenarian is new. I understand they could break that word down. Sure, yeah. Guess. But no. What, in what context would you hear that? I read a lot of Wall Street Journal. 80. Is 80 that predominant? I guess. I don't know. Maybe with the readership of the Wall Street Journal. I guess my choir is all Wall Street Journal does not sponsor us, but if they wanted to, they could. <laughs> they could. They could. <laughs> um, Octogenarian. You might not have heard this, but my husband's a financial advisor. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh. so he, <laughs> we read it every morning. <laughs> it's on I the will, breakfast table. I was hoping you'd go like further into <laughs> I'd like, like to take quotes. a quick exactly. break. Okay, got it. <laughs> I'm also disappointed that um, we didn't, you know, talk about that, you know, um, that advertisement in I know we should two have. weeks ago in our Arosa. I know I didn't take a quick break to that talk about it be, in Arosa. That was supposed to be our segue into the main topic of the conversation. All right, which Dance. is our we, main topic for today that we're going to get around to you telling know what? you. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we'll work on it. Jonathan and I can't finish each other's sentences, which is one of the reasons why this friendship works <laughs> so well. <laughs> the I don't we, know what he's thinking ever. <laughs> Well, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just me, Mark, in here to protect you, nor Zoe. So. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so, two weeks ago, uh-huh. um, we went up north to see our friends and uh, over at Arosa, um, American River Orf Shulvert Association. Yes. And up in the Sacramento area, yeah. all of our NorCal people. And we were there before online. Yes, we were. Yeah. Back when we had that third chair. Yes, it's true. A moment of silence. Okay, it's over. Yeah, yeah. So back in the back in the COVID days, we did a fair Mm -hmm. amount of presenting online, and uh, it was it was good to be Mm -hmm. with the the Orf people up on that end of the country. And they decided that they wanted to see the three D versions of us. Yeah, and so we got to go up. And then they came. We came up. It's like, wait, where's the cool one? Oh, I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. Yeah, he was too busy getting shoes. It's true. Yeah. Yep. Boom. Mark, there you go. I talked about shoes Shoe in the podcast. reference. He told us that we had to today. Yep, so it was required. Did. Yep, check that box. <laughs> check. Check. All right. So, yeah, we were up north, Orosa. They um, asked us to do a presentation. And uh-huh. so, yeah, it was cool. This is the first time I've done a collaborative um, presentation with you. Yeah, I know. Um, you've been... Well, you've outside. Been, yes, outside. Of course, outside. Yeah, we did PMA. We did the Orosa, but... Yeah, in live, whatnot. It's true. We've well, we've done a little bit for like um, the, the Arts and Power Conference, but it's always been on a sure. larger panel. So sure. it was fun to just bounce ideas off of Jonathan because we are such different teachers. Yes, I feel like we were able to bring quite a wide variety. Yeah, um, and even though you can't read my mind, we still it looked like it was a seamless <laughs> transition from idea to idea. It's cool. It's true. It worked out really nicely. Yeah, um, yeah but we respect each other mm-hmm, as teachers, mm-hmm. and so I think it's so important when you go to workshops and you learn from people that you understand that everybody is going to take the same material and they're going to develop it differently yes we're all different teachers we have different schools we have different cultures and so you're going to take my ideas but you're not going to teach like me Mm -hmm. you know you'll take my process i hope not (laughs) yeah if you are then that's not what the purpose of this is all about yeah it's not about trying to grow up and be a particular teacher other than the most authentic version of you yeah yeah because otherwise you're not going to create authentic children 
Yeah. They're going to, yeah. Yeah. Teaching is so highly personal and good teaching is, is there is a process to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the beauty of Orff Schulwerk. It's not, it's not the songs. It's not the instruments. Orff Schulwerk is the process. Process. Yes. And so accepting the wildflowers as they are and growing them from where they're at. Yeah. So if you take the process, you can apply it to any, any situation. Mm -hmm. You can apply it to any teacher. You can grow into a process teacher. And I will preach that forever. And I will argue with people who think differently. And I have. And you, yes, <laughs> we have for sure. You yes. especially. Yeah. But like, uh-huh. I, I, yeah. So, um, so when, off, when yeah. we, I'm sorry. No, go for I it. I didn't mean to talk over you, but I just thought that it's, <laughs> but shut up. But I know, <laughs> but I'm going to push you off the chair anyway. Um, so I just thought that it was important since I mentioned the ORF process, mm-hmm. I might as well break it down for people yeah. who might not know what it is. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to us for the first time or you don't know a lot about ORF work, um, a lot of times people think that ORF is the instruments. It's the xylophones. It's the glockenspiels. I've interacted with a lot of people who think that. And well, that's how it's presented in a lot yeah. of elementary methods class. You get one semester of elementary methods when you're an undergrad yes a music music education undergrad i did and also it's broken down into so many different learning theories and right you're also assuming that this person is willing to spend equal time i had a professor that was very kodai based and mm-hmm. so we spent a lot more on the kodai elements right and you think that kodai is kerwin hand signs <laughs> yeah right that's what i'm singing you think that orf is the instruments and you think that dal crows is is moving. is moving and playing piano yep yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's usually that's how it's presented. That's it. That's it. These are the three main ways of thinking, and let's play a bunch of games. Um, <laughs> random fact. Okay. Random fact. As I had all the finished music methods, as I uh-huh. said earlier, and there was a question I had no clue the answer to. <laughs> so, I no clue. so I drew a turtle. Is this turtle cute enough to get a point? <laughs> You're such a dork. And I got a point. So. Oh, my God. Well, mm-hmm. Okay, so in percussion methods, um, oh, yeah. I was so sleep deprived before the final <laughs> exam, and the kabasa I could not remember for the life of me what that instrument was called. So I called it a Casanova. <laughs> <laughs> I must have put it like four times on the exam. Oh man, <laughs> that was like seventeen years ago, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> I was so embarrassed when I got back. I was like, I need to sleep so badly. Rest in peace. <laughs> Gosh, Casanova. <laughs> Lover. Okay. I know. Mm-hmm. We, we, we learned. We what learned. can I say? I also, I don't know if, I think I shared this before, but uh-huh. we'll get back to the topic. But like, I think I shared Eventually. this before. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Elementary music methods was actually the course that that made me drop my music major. Yeah. My, sorry, my music ed major. Yeah. Because I thought, like, I'm not going to do this. You're not the only one that I've heard say that. I met somebody else um, at NAM who said the same thing. I wonder if that's... I had a SDSU student who was talking about how they were considering dropping their music ed major because because mm. they weren't really relating to what they saw. I mean, I, I again, I, this part I know I shared. I, I remember my first couple workshops, and mm-hmm. I, I go in, and there's this person twirling around and just like it didn't feel relevant to the kids i was doing right it's I like teaching. i can't bring this to my public school kids like yeah, there's this, no way <laughs> like, that's, that's great that this works in your in your alcove of that's, teaching i but love like, that for you but, <laughs> but yeah so yeah. Uh, but yeah so orf is bigger than what we've been taught orf is so much bigger than what we've been taught and i told you we'd get back around eventually i know you've been on the edge of your seat wanting to know what it is so when we talk about orf shall work this is what we mean we, mm-hmm. we mean the process and so just a very stripped down basic version of the process is um, it is imitation, imitation, improvisation, exploration, 
and then composition. Mm -hmm. And so those four elements, and they are always um, weaving in and out of each other. It's not necessarily in that order. Mm -hmm. Um, And you you might go back to imitation a lot. You might explore further into exploration and improvisation. Because children are people that's right <laughs> aren't like robots that yeah they're you not plug and chug it's like no you yeah you know, fluidly go back the orphan process is meant to imitate the way kids play mm-hmm. because we know that kids learn through play mm-hmm. and the quote by carl orf that is in every single orf echo but is um attributed to abraham lincoln really uh whenever my principal quotes it <laughs> and the internet seems to be in uh in great debate about it okay. is uh is uh tell me I, um, tell me I remember, right? Um, but, uh, what is it? Tell me I remember and teach a man to fish. (laughs) (laughs) And then the pendulum is on the other foot. There you go. (laughs) It's not rocket surgery. Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) There we have it. Oh my God. Problem solved. Thanks, Carl. Carl Lincoln. Um, I'm gonna make sure yeah, I get this right. This up. <laughs> no, I, I think I remember you sharing uh, this this quote. So, it what's the first line again? I'm gonna I'm uh, gonna look it up because sure, sure. now I'm completely messed up. Um, you you've seen those images where you have like the, the like, pause like, button. You, no, please don't. <laughs> we can just jump right in. Oh, I, so I, 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 this reminds me of those like quotes that you see on like online where it has like use the force, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Quote. Jean-Luc Picard has a picture of like Gandalf. It's like we're making this amalgamation. It's a Frankenstein situation. Um, okay. But the okay. real quote is Tell me I forget. Tell me I forget. Teach me I may remember. Okay. Involve me, I understand. I mean that's very Carl. Yes. And I don't think that's very Abraham. I mean, it, it, okay, I could. so I did a whole dive on the internet and it's been, it says Benjamin Franklin. It says Abraham Lincoln. It says Carl Orff. It says Moses. It's like, I don't know who started it, but AOSA is very convinced that it was Carl. So <laughs> fascinating. So, so anyway, that's the idea though, is um, if you just tell somebody something, mm-hmm. they're going to walk away and not remember it yeah, later. Definitely. But if you do the thing, you understand. And that's why when you show up to an Orf work workshop from any one of the chapters, mm-hmm. we learn by doing. You don't sit in that chair and take notes. You yeah. get up and you do the activities and you experience it as a student would experience it because then it's in your body and Pretty it's in your so. brain and you remember it. I mean, we always talk about this, our first Orf experience. Uh-huh. or Sorry, our first levels experience. Like, yes. We all had our pencils, papers, ready to take notes. Dave, we didn't know what Orf was. We didn't know who Dave was. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> we learned. Dave yep. Thaxon comes in, just starts singing. Uh-huh. It's crisscross. Like, Come hither, my children. Yes. <laughs> and then we learned. We put down our pencils and our papers, and we sat crisscross on the floor with him, and then we started to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, so what you're mentioning actually goes into what I was trying to do in the first element of my workshop. Uh-huh. I botched it so bad. I botched <laughs> it so bad. You tried so hard to bring it back. I did. I tried do to we, save you. Do we want to like pin that and let's go chronologically? So what we did? Um, Sure. So we're just going to break down what our workshop looked yeah. like and, and the takeaways and the things that we've learned and how things work in our classroom and yeah. the wonderful things that we learned from the good people of Arosa. Mm-hmm. We had a really lovely trip. Yeah, except for Jamie. Except for Jamie. No, <laughs> no. You and Jamie are not allowed. That was too we much. We had a lot of fun torturing Jonathan. I really I lean into my big sister role. 
Yeah. Anyways, if you anyway. haven't met me and Jonathan in per- in person, it's mm-hmm. very much a sibling relationship. Oh, very much so, yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I find it just great pleasure in putting songs in his head. Yeah. Around is you, a circle. <laughs> you know who also does? Jamie. Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. <laughs> Uh, she she gave some new ones into the repertoire and it was just delicious. So. Unsubscribe. <laughs> no, actually, don't unsubscribe from us. Uh, <laughs> Not from us. <laughs> He's unsubscribing from me and Jamie. That all said, um, yeah. So it was cool. Um, it was nice. I, I, so what I tried to bring into my I, I, <laughs> we started out with the finger uh, activity. Yeah. So I do an activity called Magic Beat Finger, <laughs> and uh, my students really enjoy it. So you take your finger and you just keep a steady beat yeah. to the pulse of a song. I have a whole bunch of fun, upbeat, poppy songs that yeah. we do it too. Um, and and then you can transfer it to any part of your body that you want, but you have to touch to transfer. So we can take it from our finger and touch our shoulder, and then your shoulder keeps a beat, and then your shoulder might touch your ear and then your ear keeps a beat and then you might need to put your hand on your ear and put it back in your hand Mm -hmm. and then put it on your knee or something and it travels up and down your body the students love it it's a joyous time it is that's it's It's a good icebreaker Mm -hmm. too and it's a great opener to a workshop for sure it's so wonderfully simple Mm -hmm. magic beat finger has saved me so many times like you know how in school we get thrown all kinds of things like your schedule gets thrown off oh Oh, we we need to do this at the last second it's like okay i planned for sixth grade kindergartners are walking in right now it's testing season right now so yes yes right definitely you never know or since it is testing season like today we were told we were being too loud and we got banished to the field (gasps) i know and so it's like okay what can we do outside magic beat finger i can do magic beat finger outside Gotcha, gotcha. And then we made music with the daisies in the garden. Nice. Iconic notation. I can pivot. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean. Yep. Orf. 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 Yeah, play. So then we got to me and we did not play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I do like what I had to share. It just didn't come out well at all. That's okay. I tried so hard to just integrate within our overall arching thing. It just didn't work. But I did talk about this element before mm-hmm. on an earlier podcast. And it kind of goes in well with what Orf is all about. Like, so I mentioned this. Oh, Oh, quite a while ago. Quite a while ago. Yeah. So to it's our new worth, listeners, you know. It's yeah. worth recapping. Um, there's this guy named Gabriel Weiner, mm-hmm. and he's an opera singer. And during, um, <laughs> he has learned a lot of languages. But one time he entered a French school and he had to learn French quick mm-hmm. because he cheated on a test. <laughs> Um, there is these different levels. He had beginning level, intermediate, like, learner, beginner, and then intermediate. And so he cheated. So that he wouldn't have to be in the on the placement beginner. test exactly. Mm-hmm. So he, that he didn't have to be in beginner level because he knew enough romantic languages. He think he if I can get along through it. He cheated, so he learned. He had to do like intensive research and in how does the brain work? And it's a really fascinating book. Definitely check it out. Um, but one of the things he brings up is how memory works. Um, it's not just a. You plug it in and it stays. It's not tabula rasa like, we, like some people are taught. Um, there are four layers. Um, you people. So actually, I'll go into narrative element. That's more fun. Um, there was a study done in the 1970s on psychologists trying to understand how the brain works. And mm-hmm. so um, they asked students, uh, college students, uh, to memorize four words. Bear, apple, instrument, and pizza. First one being, how, again, they asked a question correlating with it. How many letters in the word bear? Four, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was, does apple rhyme with apple? Yes. And then, does it, an in, is an instrument a kind of tool? Yes, it is. And do you like pizza? And so that kind of mimicked. And so, uh, sorry. Um, and then 
two weeks later, they came in, and unsurprisingly, in that order, students memorized pizza way more than bear, mm-hmm. instrument more than bear, and apple more than bear, because how our brain works. It goes from understanding ideas from function, how many letters in the word bear? Four. But that's mm-hmm. not going to stick with you. No. Not at all. And is the apple on the snapple? Yes, it does. Apple, snapple. That's why we oftentimes uh, teach you know, mnemonics to try to keep it in our brains whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then breaking down the concepts, the concept is a third layer, is an instrument kind of tool. We understand the why. But the thing that really sticks is the personal memory. Mm-hmm. Do you like pizza? Of course, you're going to think about the gooiness of the pizza or mm-hmm. the taking the constant use of lactate because of the cheese. <laughs> or, so worth it. Yeah. I'm hungry or, now. Sorry. <laughs> My condolences. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's so, dinner time. <laughs> and so that also reflects how we teach music. Mm-hmm. We have to hit those deeper layers. And those layers right. are hit through story, through game, through personal memory, and other ways to make things fun. And also, yeah, don't make music class boring, please. And it's also, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm getting on soapbox right now, but it goes back to our earlier episode on problematic music. Like, mm. if we are teaching students songs that are, have problematic past, Going to the deeper layers of games interactions, that's going to stick with them for a long time. A long time. Yeah. And how they going to feel about you with that. But also, just for the boring aspect, how many sharps are in D major? Why are they going to remember that? Who cares? You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> good job, Mr. Seligman. Hey. But the kids don't need to know that. They just need to have some... So the reason we use the ORF instruments, you know, they're great tools. You can give the kids a tone set and you mm-hmm. can give them, you know, like put it in C pentatonic and then basically whatever they hit is going going to sound good you can immerse kids in different tonalities you can set them up in any mode that you want and and play a song and then they can get the experience of of you know swimming through all these different uh tones and all these different you know what am i looking for with all the different sounds you yeah. know like lots let of different them play yeah let them explore let them play let them explore it's a different playground you're visiting a different playground learning a vocabulary through interaction yes and they don't have as you mentioned in in the arosa session they don't need to know like that it's of like the phrygian uh, yeah they don't modality. need to know that that old joe clark is mixolydian they don't remember that they won't care <laughs> pull out your textbooks yeah third right? graders <laughs> no but they do like learning that old joe clark was a person and mm-hmm. that the song has been around for a very long time yeah. and that they can and that they can follow the folk song tradition and make up their own verses and that it's a game and, and I they'll think, play that game all day long i think about when josh souther was here and he talked about his son like once he joined middle school, he was able to transfer the things that are already in his body right. easily into the other instruments. Like, yeah. um, I think about uh, John Fire Robin talks about a lot with like you know, when students learn grammar, they mm-hmm. don't learn it in the grades. They don't learn it in second grade. They learn it in sixth grade when they have a grammar book. But beforehand, they interact with the with the ideas. They interact right. with vocabulary, and that's what we're supposed to do. Have them. Have, and have, Let's have them. Let's make them have fun with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. If a student is used to music class being fun from the time they're a really small child, then that's mm-hmm. how they're going to approach music making in middle high school and beyond. Definitely. Yes. They're going to come eager. And then and then your performances are more entertaining. Mm-hmm. They're more fun to watch. Your groups are more fun to be a part of. And you can go further because when people are having fun, they're more invested. Yes. And, yes. And if you're concerned about, I know there's a lot of concern about this, like, you know, like holding on to music education or mm-hmm. holding on to music after call or after high school. Was it fun to begin with? Yeah. Is it fun currently? Do they want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Why did we choose the careers we chose? Usually it's because you're passionate about it. Mm -hmm. If you're not, then you're probably looking for another job. Yeah. And like the things that, like, the things that really resonated with us Mm -hmm. are the reasons why we continue to do it. 
do our kids love the things that we love though mm-hmm. maybe they might love a different facet of it but yeah. if you have a big enough game if you have a different like a wide enough app- uh, showcase of appreciation for music as a whole maybe yeah. they might like a different facet and build off that and you'll learn later on that oh i didn't know that kind of element of music could have existed right yeah that's why i jump all over the place sometimes mm-hmm. we do folk songs sometimes we do uh modern pop yep. um sometimes we do a little rock or you know we're using band lab right now a la jesse rogers to build some tracks and Should i've got a it? kid making um making a uh making a rap for his science project should we call him Jesse Rogers? Yeah. <laughs> Let's call him in. Cool. No, maybe he'll call me. <laughs> and I'll put him on the spot. Um, anyway. Yeah. But that's the idea mm-hmm, is be mm-hmm. a flexible teacher and understand how a child's brain works and connect with it. Mm-hmm. If you're not connecting with your kid, then they're not going to remember what you're, what, what the point is. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I know I'm a very critical person of myself, but I feel like if that idea was conveyed, mm-hmm. if, it, if it worked, I think that would have been a great precursor to everything else we did because well i think you're being else, a little too hard on yourself i think it i think it did come across uh, if it did then great but mm-hmm. it did because everyone else picked up on but it but he did he did you know present that research at the beginning and mm-hmm. it's because you know it's it's an academic justification for an or for the orf mm-hmm. process because it is play and it is fun and for that reason i think a lot of people don't take it seriously yeah. um and and it's really important to Jonathan, especially to make it very clear that there is great academic value in the ORF process. It's not just about, I, I, you hear me say this all the time. It's not just about the four walls. Right. When our admin comes in, we have to tell them what we're doing. Yeah. And like, otherwise they're like, oh, this is nice. This is fun. I remember yes. what Kirsten's. And it's very dismissive. Yeah. I remember yeah. the episode with Kirsten. She was saying like, was like when a teacher comes like hope you have fun it's like what we're doing is sure it is fun but yeah. it's not just fun we're right. learning we're learning art right and we're engaging with art and we're creating yeah. with art and so like yeah well and yeah. i liked what kirsten said when you guys were talking about that because she talked about how um somebody was offended because a colleague said i hope you have fun mm-hmm. and so she she talked about how you need to use your words um yeah. as a teacher you mm-hmm. know it's it's about respecting each other and educating each other and you know music class is fun and if the kids are having fun you're doing a good job but if you feel like maybe there's an element of dismissal in that hope you have fun from your colleague you need to stand up you need to be a grown-up and go talk to them yeah yeah and that's really hard building those relationships is hard um, and, and I think that as teachers, we're, we're in a profession that can undervalue us very quickly. Yeah. Um, and it is not uncommon at all to feel overworked and underpaid. And I like how Mark likes to say, if you get into the whose job is harder debate, <laughs> that's just no win. And no win. Nobody wins that game. And I think that that's a trap that a lot of people fall into when it's like the specials teachers versus the general education teachers. It's like we can't talk to each other because everybody gets into an argument about whose job is harder. Well, let's peel back even further. Like, do teachers... Like- teachers do they work really that hard like oh yeah like really this is a a systemic issue of just capitalism as a whole like who's working harder right and like yeah it's not about that meritocracy everybody has to be busy otherwise they're not valued and that's that whole thing is a farce and when you position yourself as a you know person of excellence i think Mm -hmm. that that opens the door to bring more people to you you're not going to win over everybody but you know be nice and and value others and sometimes as the teacher who's trying to warm your way into a school community you got to make the first move you know i i eat lunch in the staff lounge i mm-hmm. make it a point to mm-hmm. really um you know compliment my colleagues when they're doing amazing things because 
they are and relying on them as the experts on their classes that they are too. Like what works with this kid? You know, how can I, how have you found, you know, to engage this guy Mm -hmm. in, uh, you know, cause I'm having a hard time with him. Yeah. I remember recently like talking to a teacher, a general teacher about like a student and like we had this conversation about, um, the student just, you know, kind of cloistering up when things got a little more difficult and she really appreciated that I reached out because she saw the same things and it wasn't just her mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was uh, and I think because VAPA teachers are often just focused on the things that happen in the classroom they don't mm-hmm. often like because we see a lot more kids than they do mm-hmm. than general teachers like it's hard to catch up and it's hard to like relay the things we see to the general teacher but there's an appreciation that hey we're in this together mm-hmm. by going to the general teacher and talking about the same thing by getting to their level kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And using their language. Yeah. Just like when your admin walks into your room, you have to use admin language. You gotta use it. And that's so. why you gotta have your eye cans on the board. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to. Which is why make I, your principal happy. It's not hard. <laughs> why I love yeah, a lot of ORF workshops, but the ones that that I love the most is when it's both interactive mm-hmm. and there's also an intellectual piece that I can bring back to. Yes, that you can dig into. Not just the students, but also to the looking down and up. Yeah. yeah. This needs to make sense to everybody. It needs to be fun. It needs to be educational. Mm-hmm. And it needs to hold a lot of value. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that you are going to teach, the kids are going to love. Yes. Because they won't. Yeah. It just is. Sometimes we have to dig in and do things we don't really like to do all the time in order to get to the more fun things. I had that today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but alas. Yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. But I, I felt like that was an important point to make too. It's yeah. like, and we did talk to a friend of ours after, um, after our workshop who was struggling and she said, you know, I watch you guys present all these things and I wonder how this is going to work in my classroom. And, um, she kind of implied that we've got it figured out and I just want to be the one to say, we, <laughs> we really don't, don't. We don't. Um, we're, we're making it up too. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're eager to learn and we want to share when mm-hmm. we've learned something. That's why we do this podcast. That's yeah. why we're always at workshops. And it's also why like for a whole season two, we talked about imposter syndrome so oh much. Oh my gosh. So much. I, actually, Genesis and I, we were talking about this. Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, he's the president, former, former, right? No, Jamie is oh, Jamie's uh, current yeah. president mm-hmm. of Arosa. Okay, um, Genesis and I talked about I think we'll have to delve deeper into it, but we talked about the um Dunning Kruger uh, curve, mm-hmm. um, about t- uh, about confidence and like and time duration, how that thing goes up and down. I, mm-hmm. I, I'd want to delve deeper as into that in another episode, mm-hmm. um, but like really, we've, we've showcased a lot about our imposter syndrome, oh, yeah. and it's important for us to do that because. Um, we need to show our vulnerabilities and like, yeah. we, we don't have to figure it out. The people that we look up to at our conferences, they also don't like they're, no, they we're don't. all, we're, we're all learning. My former mm-hmm. roommate, um, he was a CFO, um, for a startup and like all that stuff. But like something he observed before he was CFO, before he worked his way up, is like, like a lot of these CEOs don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. don't, they're just, they just know the right people. They know the right people. And they're good at faking the interview. And also they know how to adapt all, all There's the that too. Yeah. So they know how to throw things on the wall. They know how to lean back into the community when they, when things fail and they yeah. just, it's, 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 no one has it. Nobody has it. We're all making it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it takes a while to figure out that everybody's making it up and you mm-hmm. feel like you're mm-hmm. the only one who's not when you're in your twenties. And also I think another thing is education. Mm-hmm. Education often is, it's built up. It's, it's built upon like this notion that, Learning is from, you know, is this 
old age book and we all learn from it and we build off of each other. And it's like, it's like um, the things that we learned a thousand years ago are the same mm-hmm. things we learned today. And that's just, that's not true. Not true. There are things that we, we do build upon our ideas, but sure. I, I think back. I, I well, that's why the Orff Schulberg process works. Very much Because so. it's a loose framework. It's a loose framework. Mm-hmm. I also really like when we talked with Darlene Mashakon about like, she was talked about how, Children are constantly changing and education needs to follow suit. It does. So like, and I think because we as teachers, we were taught that, that, you know, the curriculum that we follow is the curriculum that we follow. But this is, there is a way that we do things and we have to all do it the same way. Okay. So here's a rather cynical take on that too. Which one? But I've noticed that really the only way to make money in education is to you know, get into like curriculum writing, be a consultant, that kind of a thing. Right. And so if you want to go into that path, you have to be an expert. How do you be an expert? You do a study, you write a book. So you have to do things a certain way and you have to have the data to prove that it works. Mm -hmm. And I think we're kind of caught in a vicious cycle because, you know, there's an idea and it might work in one community and there's the data to back it up. But because kids are different, schools are different, cultures are different. It might not translate to every single place. Then I think that that, it feeds into the capitalism beast. That, and just uh, definitely that. But yeah. also, I think that academic academicians. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Academics. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. Academics need to hold uh, a caveat in their responses that mm. we are still learning, and maybe maybe we. Uh, Maybe it's always been assumed amongst academics because mm-hmm. I don't have a doctor. I'm not sure. Maybe it's been always been assumed amongst academics that like this is all a learning process. But everyone underneath is always assuming that this is they're looking up that everything right. is, is is is. Oh, they, that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how it's going to work. Like, peer reviewed means that it's been tested enough to where it is a fact. <laughs> yeah. And there are I, I'm learning a lot more, and I guess a good older is like life is about percentages. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of it. Well, and you talk to any teacher that's been in the classroom for 30 years or more, and they'll roll their eyes and be like, all right, there's a new thing we're doing now. <laughs> but, this feels a lot like the way we taught reading, you know, 15 years ago, but we'll try it, you know? But also, like, I mainly because there's a couple of teachers on my side that are kind of too cynical for me. Um, yeah. It's like, yes, but also we are learning more. We're yeah, learning more about kids. And yes, even though this might be reflective of what was done before, maybe the implementation was the problem, not mm-hmm. the actual idea. There you go. Maybe also like, people trash on, That's on, true. on number sense and common core math. Yeah. It is. I, I'm not a general it's teacher. It's important. It's the paradigm of breaking down numbers may not be quicker for mm-hmm. engineers than those who are mathematically minded, but it does make it more not equitable, just more, the playing ground is open. Yeah. Well, and people it, trash on PBIS and how, you know, the kids are running the school because there's not enough discipline anymore. Yeah. But we do know that the way we used to do things was way too punitive and it didn't work. Um, and something needed to change. And it comes down to, you're right, it comes to implementation. Yeah. You know, how are we giving supports when we try a new thing, when we, when we change how things are done? Do we have enough adults on campus who are trained to make it work? But then also the beast of ed- the 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 animal of education is just so big with so many joints, and for it to move in unison is so difficult. Yeah, it's and so true. for one body part to recognize what what's happening ahead, there's an element of you gotta trust. 
yeah. the head. But if the head, but also the heads aren't always correct. And yeah. this is a weird. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I think we need to have a lot more grace for each other. That's for sure. That's for sure. Like, I, I know. I know. We were talking about a rose, and we'll, we'll, we'll go back to it. It's <laughs> I know. All How do we get here? But <laughs> it's all interconnected. But I, I, uh-huh, I know one thing that I'm learning more as I'm seeing the. Day. I guess I'm interacting with more people on different levels of mm-hmm. education, like. We as teachers need to stop thinking of admin as the enemy. Yeah, and it's yes, not there, us versus them. It, there is bad admin, and as I'll say, as a union rep, <laughs> as yeah. a union rep, yeah, and maybe this makes me as a quote unquote bad union rep, but mm-hmm. we need to see admin not as the enemy, but as humans. And if they're doing wrong things, and then we need to call them out on it for sure. Yeah, but like it's not an us versus them thing. And if we do view it that way, then the body will fall apart. Yeah, it's true, and we need to we need to focus more on what we can do together too. Otherwise we're just going to get stuck and it's going to be a vicious toxic cycle. And that mm-hmm. doesn't serve anybody that doesn't serve the kiddos. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that went all kinds of different directions, but, but. I think that it's, it, it's important to talk about because there's a reason why we give up our Saturdays to go to these workshops, yeah. you know, a, an ORF workshop is four to six hours, you know, depending on where you go um, on a Saturday. And uh, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. And those are precious hours yeah. that you're not getting paid for and that you are in fact paying for to attend the workshop. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth it. Why? Because you get the community because you become a better teacher because you get activities that basically do your planning for you mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. quite a bit of time. So, we started with Magic Beat Finger. We gave a little bit of research. And then Jonathan decided to focus on ukuleles. Yes, a big section was on ukes. He um, loaded his car with his ukes. Yeah, I, I drove up because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a, a sticker system. Um, I'll probably post that on Patreon. Oh, yeah. Jonathan yeah. spent some time putting stickers on his ukuleles. Yeah. And it makes everybody's lives easier. It does. And first off, thank you. I want to say thank you to David Rao. He was uh, the one who kind of encouraged me to go this direction because in the end yes you could have students really force their minds to remember that the c chord is the first string third fret and use your third finger and then do the hook poke and turn yourself around and like uh-huh. but why not just play a boot you see him once it? a week once a week at, at best yeah right at best yeah. Um, or no, I should say at best. Put but, your third uh, finger on the blue dot. Yeah, just 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 do it. Yeah, <laughs> just do it. Make so, your life easier. Have kids interact with the music. Right. Like similar to what you said in the last episode with the guitars and uh, classrooms, guitars in the classroom. Guitars in the classroom. Like, yeah, get them playing and singing. Just get them playing. So yeah. like, that's that's the goal of it. And so um, I was really just like I've been really inspired by how a lot of ORF teachers just focus a lot on xylophones and such and mm-hmm. like how they, you know, the, the Kmon process, is, uh, the Kmon building blocks, blocks are applied, but only with a limited amount of instruments. It's just the instrumentarium of just xylophones, xylophones and, spiels. and recorders. Like th- yeah, that, that's recorders, it. unpitched but, instruments. But what about Ooks. Yeah. Ooks cost a fraction of the of the uh, the cost a fraction of a fraction of the cost of his iPhone. When you're building a music program from zero and you you've got a limited budget. Yes. You know, are you going to buy two xylophones or are you going to buy a class set of ukuleles? And how are you going to build that budget by showcasing your students? How are you going right. to showcase your students by having them play? Yeah. So yeah, I, I just pretty well, much. Well, I ha- happen to have an ukulele right here. Hey. So I really like using. This is my son's ukulele. That's why it's bright blue and it has a bunch of stickers on it. Um, but so it's 
G, C, E, A mm-hmm. are the strings, and I like to get them started with a Bordeaux mm-hmm. right up at the top. Mm-hmm. You got your G and your C right here. I would do this on a xylophone, but hey, we could build a whole Orf piece and have the entire class just playing the top two Donkey's strings. Donkey's on in love with... Carrots, Carrots on in love at all. Hee-haw, hee-haw, listen to that loving song. And boom. All of a sudden, you've got your whole class playing exactly. and singing mm-hmm. ukulele. Um, in my lesson, I went further and had students create. So one yes, of the things that I focused on with um, the uh, Inland Empires group, um, mm-hmm. ICC AOSA, uh, yeah, uh, was just focused on creation. I, I brought elements of that into the Erosa session as well. But like, creation is one of the things that goes into that lower layer of mm-hmm. like memory. And so uh, we had students, or I guess our big students to create music with uh the ooks and so that was my main focus before i started though i definitely like i know i've i think i've taken different stances on it but like i think my uh or session last season in uh kc i don't know why i'm having my my head go a certain direction because that's a, that's where that's where the, KC is the going information <laughs> is so get to shake it out of that ear attending lorelei batisalong's um session ooks definitely like made me like think yeah, it's important that we call things by their rightful names. And mm-hmm. I know there's been a huge uh, discussion, contention, debate. I don't even know what you want to call it on ukulele or ukulele. And in the end, if you think about it, it is a Hawaiian instrument. It, mm-hmm. I know like, I recognize language is, language is fluid. I get that. I get that. But if you think about the fact that the ukulele is, um, sorry, the Hawaiian culture is one that's been dominated and taken away like language is a form of resistance mm-hmm. and or, or also language is a form of identity even more so and so like calling mm-hmm. it by its rightful name i think you're being, doing a, a good service to those who created the instrument sure yeah so yeah just want it also it's not hard it's not hard it's not that hard. So what Jonathan did was he taught some basic chords yes. um, based on his sticker system. Mm-hmm. And then he used the Cape Mon building blocks mm-hmm. and then um, split everybody up into groups and they made a song. Something I love about uh, these ORF workshops mm-hmm. is seeing, uh, kind of like what we see in our classrooms, but seeing how these big kids create without uh, create stuff that i would not expect them to do yeah like i just said okay create a chord progression we're gonna create uh, a song we're gonna do it around uh, in a rondo format or what's it called oh <laughs> abaca, abaca. <laughs> that's actually from quaver oh, is, is where it? that came okay. from yeah their forum episode quaver says it like that oh, okay and i left it as a sub plan one day mm. and then after that forever rondo <laughs> form is abaca, abaca. <laughs> you know what it worked it, works, it got you stuck know? in their head <laughs> there we have it um sound uh, boom Second yeah layer. uh but yeah um then you know each so we all created a song collectively and i was inspired by jesse rogers on that creating songs collectively um and then there was the a section and then every single small group created their own you know it was a different section but then other groups started writing words and uh-huh. like it was like okay yeah okay because we had some extra time yeah we had extra time and also just creative people do creative things that's right you let the wildflowers grow you do you let it happen you let the people play mm-hmm. that's the thing i feel like we spent our entire level one learning how to play again because you know, our levels teachers would dump things in front of us and be like, okay, play. And we'd be like, but what's the objective? And they'd yeah. be like, to play. <laughs> uh, what California standard is this? Yeah, right. Nope. You, 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 you play. Play. You play. Yeah, play with it. <laughs> and and then it turns into a lesson. Mm-hmm. But first, play. you play. You play. Mm-hmm. Just play. Yeah. Yeah. That was my... And then... 
Yeah. And then, I mean, I did a lot of different things. I, um, I last year was kind of reaching for any way that I get, could get the kids, my older kids, especially Mm -hmm. to work together and to remember how to be a team, um, and how to live in their bodies in the present moment, because we spent so much time online and my Mm -hmm. kids just spent a lot of time on video games. I feel like they don't inhabit their physical bodies very well. And so, um, I also have a lot of kids with trauma, Mm -hmm. a very high number of my students, um, have a very high um, ACE scores, which is adverse childhood experience scores. Um, and that's like, if you've whatever like number of traumatic events have happened to you, that's, that's your ACE score. Hmm. Um, and there's a whole body of research that's been around since the eighties based on it. So if you want to do a little bit more deep dive into that, we'll our counselor talks to us about it. Our social workers um, at school have talked to us about it. So it's something that's very much on my radar, just mm. in my school setting. Um, so anyway, um, one of the results of that is a lot of my kids have a real, problem with touch hmm. of any kind yeah. and so asking them to hold hands to do a folk dance it feels very unsafe for some of them and um i struggle with that sometimes and i also need to honor that yeah. so even though it's frustrating because it's like there's so much that we can't do because they're gonna make such a big deal out of it i have to make accommodations for those kids because there's good reasons why they don't want to hold hands and it's not because they're too cool it's yeah. because it makes them feel unsafe yeah so I figured out last year, and also, you know, COVID, we're all afraid mm-hmm. of each other, you know, like coming back. I figured out last year, let's hold the rhythm sticks and then we can make a little X on each side with our partner. Mm-hmm. Boom. Now we can do a thing. Again, I'm thinking back to this um, coworker of mine that's just very cynical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's like, you know, just like, he's just mask shaming some of these kids in, in, the, oh. in the teacher's lounge. Like, I just talking. Yeah. And it's like, do you know what they've gone through? Like, right. Until you don't know if actually, they've lost someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There, there are layers upon layers of why someone does something. So if, right. are they hurting anyone? No, then you, you can shut them. Yeah. Let, let them wear a mask. Like, like it's fine. I, it doesn't bother me any. Um, and you know, some of my kids I think are probably wearing a mask just because of their preference, because it helps them feel safe. Yeah. And, I know a lot. I mean, of, let them do it. I know a lot of middle schools that still wear masks mostly yeah. because, like, back when we were middle schoolers, yeah, there's a reason why I had long hair covering my face. Yeah, like they hide under their hoods, and it's like you get it. Does it drive you nuts? Yes, but do they need to feel safe and cozy? Also, yes. Do you think peeling off the mask is gonna, you know, make them feel more comfortable? No, no, no they're gonna shut down further. And then, do you is that really the battle that you want to fight to make them take their hood off and get their hair out of their face and take their mask off? No, they want to hide. That's how they feel safe. No, the answer is you um, like age a little bit and you lose all your hair. <laughs> Worked for John. <laughs> it's okay. It is now it it's is. a teeny weedy beanie. <laughs> Unsubscribe, Jamie and you. I swear to Moses. You should Google that if you don't know the <laughs> no, Teeny Weenie Beanie that song. Fun. That's another fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, I did a basic uh, contra dance um, that was all done with sticks. Mm-hmm. So it's it's simple. It includes a very, very, very basic move, switching back and forth from a partner and a corner. Mm-hmm. And it's all done with sticks touching instead of with hands touching. Um, and it's to a pop song. So we did yeah. that. And then also, I was trying to get them to have a little joy in the music making and to be brave enough to improvise again and Mm. after covid especially with my sixth graders getting them to share their own creative ideas or even explore at all felt impossible it's like i could not get them to try they wouldn't try as a group they wouldn't try individually i felt like it was constantly me beating my head against a brick wall it's like oh my goodness if i didn't tell them exactly what to do i couldn't get a result out of them and 
it was it was incredibly frustrating and you know we're stuck on the on the imitation part of the orf process yep. that's the first step i was like i got to get these guys to move on so we um my school is really a special place and i'm very blessed to work there i really love my school and we get to do a lot of arts integration so i worked with the sixth grade teachers on an art, arts integration project um they were working on langston hughes's poetry from the harlem renaissance mm -hmm. and so i decided to um to do langston hughes's poem hold fast to dreams hold fast to dreams for if dreams die life is a broken winged bird that cannot fly hold fast to dreams for when dreams go life is a barren field frozen with snow and i love that poem and i just really thought like you know i felt like a lot of my kids were a little cynical a lot of them were depressed when they came back to school and it's like man i i want them to have dreams and dream of the future and also they need to understand why that's important. Yeah. And that's why creativity is important and why music class is important yep. is exercising that creative part of the brain. You can't do a thing unless you can imagine it first. So how are you going to, you know, improve your life, have a job that you love, have a life that you love unless you can dream it first and see it mm -hmm. behind your eyes and then you can make it happen. Yeah. Um, so we talked about that and there's SEL mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. So we talked about the poem and then I said, okay, so this whole poem is very much in the negative, like when dreams die, you know, it's mm. very sad, but what if we flipped it? What if we said, um, what if we put it in a positive light? Hold fast to dreams for if you do, and then I had them finish it. Hold fast to dreams, keep them alive, and then they finish it. So first they made their poetry, and some of my favorites were hold fast to dreams, keep them alive, for life goes as fast as the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, so uh, hold fast to dreams, for if you do, there, uh, there is nothing that you can't do. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, they were yeah. simple, right? Uh -huh. um, but they were great. And then the kids put them on the instruments. I taught them, uh, you know, I had 12 bar blues yeah. and we played the 12 bar blues on the ORF instruments. I remember walk, walk, walking to class and watching this. They did really good. They did. Yeah. And slowly, you know, first I was just having them play the roots of the chords, mm -hmm. three chords. We can handle that three bars. And then mm -hmm. I was like, okay, now for the B section, I want you to start to play with hitting the notes on either side of each of these. So we're playing a, but then can you go visit G and B? once in a while and then it was like okay now when we transition between you know these two notes can you run back and forth between them and then we got their mallets moving and very very slowly painfully slowly they started to improvise and by the time we got to their concert i had four kids that were bravely doing the thing that i could feature as soloists yeah yeah it was baby steps you gotta dig those trenches that's right yeah mm, that's cool so that's yeah. It was also that's the what and the why. Yeah, yeah. It was great to see. Um, again, I saw it amongst students, but it was cool to see amongst adults. And yeah, I, I noticed when I walked in. So it's like I, I watched Crystal's um, kids perform it because uh, for the VAPA festival. Yeah, that's right. Um, you can find it. <laughs> it's on the CVESD VAPA page. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it was great to see it done amongst like adults and mm -hmm. seeing. I, I, we, we we mentioned this before, but we go we teach. Orf lessons at workshops because we like to see it. Oh, it's our so lessons. nice to see your your lesson go, <laughs> go well. <amazingly. laughs> it's like, oh, I know it's not me, it's them. <laughs> so yeah, it was great to see the uh, see both sides. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it yeah it is well. And when you came to film my kids, that was the first time that they'd ever had any kind of performance oh, wow. okay. since third grade. That's and true. 
I don't know if you remember, one of the girls had to go in the hallway and cry for a minute. I do remember her a lot. She laughed. She was so nervous. Yeah. yeah. Mm. She she was gonna she's gonna throw up. I mean, also you think about it, like one and a half years, two years, just like they all they were they could just mute. Yeah. They, they could just and turn not off their turn screen. on their camera. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were digging trenches. We were. And when you already come from, you know, a rough life. Yeah. So that's uh, that's why I felt like when I first started to learn about orf soul work, I would go into some of these workshops and I'd be like, there's no way I could do any of this stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. my kids aren't there. And it's like, I feel like I have to present a little bit of everything. So we did a much more complex lesson with the invisible boy. I had another lesson for Urosa yeah. that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, you can, you can do this. And I had a lot of people say, I'm going to use that for sure. Um, you know, you can, you can do step one. So like you want to dip your toe in the water of the ORF process. You're not sure you know, how to get your kids to do it. I try to be that first step for people. And mm-hmm. then you can kind of bravely try a little bit more, but you have to grow right along with your kids. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think not to pat ourselves on our back, but like one of the <laughs> things that I like about what we presented this time and also the other stuff, but like we don't just present lessons and like something you take away for the next day. Like I saw that when I first started becoming a teacher and like I saw presenters like, okay, that's cool. But it's like, what, but what, why? Like, yeah, why? And, yeah. and especially again, we teach students that are just so vastly different than a lot of the presenters that we've seen. Mm-hmm. And so one of the lessons that I, I did was, um, I've talked about this before, but your name is a song. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, it's really important. Like the, 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 the things that we teach in these workshops aren't just like fun lessons, but they have also like, have relevance almost or like not relevance like also has like it reaches down and at the social emotional level yeah it does it's mm-hmm. true and well like, because both of us take that really seriously yes we do in our teaching mm-hmm. yeah and so i've men- I mentioned on an earlier podcast but like you know your name is a song very important very good book but it's about you know the importance of names importance of calling people by the rightful name the importance of mm-hmm. also treating hardship and singing with it essentially so yeah. um yeah that was it was fun to see arosa interact with that one yeah for sure they're a wonderful bunch of people mm-hmm. a lot and you know okay so something else that i also want to mention yeah. um at the very beginning um we put we had our pronouns on our slide mm-hmm. because we've we've both gone through a lot of training with our district about yeah. um lgbtqia plus inclusion mm-hmm. in the classroom and it's not about um it's not about anything other than making absolutely everybody feel safe. Yeah. You know, they need to know that you're going to teach them and treat them with love and kindness and respect in your classroom. And that's really important to me. Definitely. And, um, and one of the ways that we learned that you could do that is just by having your pronouns up. And that's really easy. And sometimes it's hard to know if when we do these things, if it's performative, you know, or if it's a trend, um, and if it's actually doing anybody any good, but we did have a trans colleague come up to us and let us know that that meant a lot to her to have our pronouns up and that she'd never had a a workshop presenter do that. So that meant a lot. It did mean a lot. She, that she shared that. It meant a lot so that she was vulnerable enough to actually reach out and tell us as well. Like, yeah, I, um, this also happened when we, we mentioned this also when, when we went over to Butler, like having the pronouns just, it makes a difference. And it con- and just asking the students what they are, you know, yeah. if they're older, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, we and did that with our college students. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And like in the end saying that you are that I, saying that I am he, him, 
who's that hurting? Yeah, exactly. Like, really, this is about me. That takes me two and, seconds. But it's not just about me. It's also showing that I'm stating who I am so that other people can feel welcome enough to state who they are. Right. And, it's not about you. It's about making sure that they feel like they can tell you. And I also, like, I remember my my um, family member of mine, because I have my, my pronouns on my personal email. I, mm-hmm. I think my work email. I remember, for sure, my personal one. And they made a comment about it sure <laughs> yeah because she was more conservative than i am like and then like i said yes but also you have being of asian descent and your name not being turd like a eurocentric name like even if you want to boil it down to like a non like identity based thing like hey like if you don't know what uh, a non um eurocentric name is like this yeah. opens up the the, the 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 avenue yeah but like i i, I harken back to something that mark said on earlier podcasts like in the end our job is to make sure that other people feel safe that's right and this isn't about taking a political stance no not this at all isn't it's, it's it's about making sure your first job as an educator and then uh, your first job as an educator is make sure these kids are safe and feel right. safe mm-hmm. and especially for a music educator like if <laughs> Like, why is it hard for students to improvise? They don't feel safe. They don't feel safe. That's uh, right. And so, so how do I make myself a safe person where they can try stuff? Because yeah. creativity is vulnerability. And pl- and just saying this is a safe space, is <laughs> that don't work. It don't work. No, you Sa- got to prove it. Yes. Yeah. And having so, a safe space is an active element. I've heard people say they leave their politics at the door. I mean, if mm. you're serious about that, then then show that you care about the people first, yeah. you know, and, and you prove that by taking all of them yeah. and that's not erasing them, you know, and not making assumptions. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I'm coming from. It's, yeah. it's rooted in love and in care. And I just, I felt like I needed to tell my fellow educators that one, like, it's not hard. Put it in your email signature. Yeah. Put it on the front of your slideshows when you present. Yeah. Just it, put it on your name tag when you're at when at, you're at your local Orf chapter workshop. It's a handful of characters. That's all it is. It's not hard. No. And it it just might make someone feel like you're a safe person to talk to. Yeah. So yeah, I it was an amazing time. I really really appreciated being together with people. I felt like it was it was the first really truly normal feeling workshop I've mm. been to since COVID, and that's what I really appreciated most. And it was at was it Tim's music? Was that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah, um they have a really neat relationship with a music uh store in Sacramento, Tim's Music, and they have a room um where they do uh, recitals and things. And they let the ORF chapter use that for their workshops at no cost to them. And they even have some ORF instruments for them to use, which is such an amazing thing. And it's one of the, uh, it's part of their mission that they're going to support educators, local um, uh, elementary, middle school educators. And I, I love that. And I wish that we had a relationship with a music, you know, store like that in town. That would be lovely. Goals. Yes. And again, it just goes back to what I've said so many times. Go outside your... Your four walls. There we go. Get out into your community. You're right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So props to Tim's Music. If you guys are in the Sacramento area, you should go check them out. Mm -hmm, It's a neat mm -hmm. store. Oh, it was really cool. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Arosa, for having us out there. And I look forward to our further collaborations, whatever it may be. And Jamie, I cannot wait to see what you get stuck in John's head next. (laughs) Spiccato after (laughs) After the the break. break.
I want to take a quick break and thank my husband, Brian, who's been working behind the scenes producing these episodes every week on all of the platforms and on time. But you need to know that he is first a financial planner for Mission Trails Financial. Mission Trails Financial is a partner that seeks to guide clients in the journey to financial success. They believe that people need a financial advisor that aims to provide strategies for success. Mission Trails Financial helps people navigate investments, tax planning, and insurance. Imagine working with an advisor who isn't tied to specific brands. Mission Trails Financial has a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interests of their clients by providing independent, objective advice. Their mission is to help clients accomplish their financial goals. As Joe Vitale once said, a goal should scare you a little and excite you a lot. Do yourself a favor and set up a time to chat with Mission Trails Financial. Visit www.missiontrailsfinancial.com or call 619-419-0238 to schedule a call. You'll be glad you did. We believe that leaning on professionals is how we get ahead. Check out the program notes for more information. back and we're back but before we go back we're gonna go forward and what forward means is going back and whatever that means you turn left so when you do that thank <laughs> you so much it's logic it's brains no. it's it's my brain ain't working but it's all good oh my God. um thank okay. you so much everyone who's been a part of this journey it's been wonderful to make sure this community grows and keep these met- metaphorical and literal lights alive please make sure you leave us a review and send us a kind comment on the, on, on the YouTubes. And we're on YouTube. If you don't know, <laughs> if you, if you don't know that, <laughs> go to youtube.com at ch classroom and make sure you just leave us subscribe. It hurts no one. It makes us feel happy. Also leave us a review. Five stars is the only answer. If you don't, I will sniff you out and I'll might have allergies right now. Cause it's April. So, you know, I might sneeze also. So I'm much so sorry. In the air right now. So, too much. Um, also, if you want to help us out, like thankfully this podcast is free, but you want to help us out patreon.com slash ch classroom we have some really cool stuff we will be posting lessons and also we have some merch for y'all if you go and go into those upper tiers so thank you for being part of this journey and uh we have a unique spiccata this time we do so when we were having our snacks at arosa i said save your water bottles and your chip bags and they followed directions so well Mm -hmm. and they said that it was okay if we recorded them so we are going to play for you the arosa chapter using their chip bags and their water bottles and i thought that it might be kind of a good thing to do because again like like i was saying with magic beat finger Mm -hmm. this is the time of year where we tend to get some curveballs thrown at us so what if you have have to have music class outside you don't have your instruments with you but the kids had snacks also hmm after you listen to this uh, this this uh, this like a uh, recording of uh, us doing it let us know do you think we should uh do spiccato on the road oh i totally think do we should think do we spiccato should, uh, on the road let us know let us know <laughs> and here it is oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. All right. cool yeah. <laughs> and we're live. We are live from Arosa. Yeah. So we right now, to our audio listeners, since no one has watched this on video, uh, we ha- are using chip bag. A chip bag. And we have these in abundance at your school, I'm sure. <laughs> and or a water, water bottle. Bottles. And we're not playing the water bottle challenge. <laughs> I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> I, no. have, I have an 11-year-old. That's like half my life right now. Oh, no. <laughs> Though, can I ask, can we do it if it's in a musical element that we all can do it together? Yeah, you have to prove to me that it's in time or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it has to meet a musical objective. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you use in a classroom using a plastic bag or specifically you a chip bag? You come up with a fun challenge to give your kids that has some sort of musical objective using a chip bag and a water bottle. 
let's say something happens. You don't, you're not able to be inside one day. You're out on the playground, but we just finished lunch. So we have the trash. <laughs> what can you do? Justice, yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. Oh. One of my favorite challenges for my students uh, is I, uh, there's an activity called find three ways. Find three ways. So Ooh. you give them the object uh -huh. and you tell them find three ways to make a sound. Okay. Hmm. Oh. That's a good one. So what are three ways you can make a sound with your chip bag? If you see it. So we're talking about the plastic bottles. Well, I mean some people have their have their good ones though, so I I say if they have a water bottle. Why not? Yeah, why not? Sure. Alright. Those make a great Ouch. sound if you have a pencil. them. <laughs> so do you want to start back with plastic bags? Okay, well, yeah. I say use, so use these materials and you have to come up with an eight beat piece. Well, that's, rhythm piece, well, does right? that be rhythm? Like, it, does, it doesn't have to be. So that's why I, because, you know, you or, can this, or anything, so. Or what? Yeah, But so, that's one thing. That okay. was my idea. Oh, like, yeah, so you what was yours, Crystal? So you come up with an eight beat rhythmic piece. With so you have to have a bass line, somebody has to be playing the steady beat, and then you add a rhythm. So I put them in groups of four, go around the circle, somebody starts with the beat, and then it's like a drum circle. So Anybody that's else? what I would do. Nice. Yeah. Anybody else got another idea? What else would you do with these? Mm. Yes. Having done find three ways, you could have students present their way and do like a, a call and response uh, rhythm. Mm -hmm. I can do this rhythm with my bag. Can you do this rhythm with your bag? Cool. I like okay. it. I like, I want to build onto that actually. What if we had a call and response where we had one side of the class doing the plastic bags, the other side of the class doing something with the bottles? So it's like a question answer almost. And then switch. And then switch. And then switch. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like it. Anybody else? I have a question. Yes. So you're talking specifically music thing. Yes. Yes. What if we did like telephone? Like you'd start here and then, you know, Pick one or the other. Just do like a rhythm, and then let's see if we can get that rhythm by the time we get to the end. Oh, that'd be fun. Ooh, That's like, a good like, idea. Like. Musical telephone. Yeah, yeah. What about like how you come up with a story and you use sounds with these to tell yes, that story? Yes, there you go. Sound story. I like yeah. it. I was like thinking it. like pictures of animals and what kind of sounds you could put to that you have. That's a good one too. What oh. What if you did um, word chains? So you have like. Nutter, butter, water, Doritos, you know, like lay it out. I could do that. What else? I was thinking something movement oriented where some people have their bags and their chips and some people um, create sound movements that go with the specific. Oh, type yeah. Of okay. There you go. Sound. Okay. Crinkle. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Crunch. Water all flip. <laughs> We don't even know. We do not have to press that. Okay. 
<laughs> no fucking bottles of people here. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, great. Cool. Well, there you go. There you go. Thank you for being part of our spiccato. <laughs> great job. Thank you so much, Arosa, for doing that with us. That was fun. You're the best. Yeah, you kind of are. We're we're just going to join your chapter. Minus Jamie and her annoying <laughs> songs. I sing. You know what? Sing, we, I'll sing a new song. That take, that take off my head was not help. We got we're in live space here. Oh my gosh! Okay. If you have ideas for songs that I could get stuck in Jonathan's head, please email them chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail.com. I love you forever. Um, so while you're at it, you know, <laughs> annoy us by give us money at Patreon. Annoy us. I can't get this in quite in tune. Okay, so today is our song, and it's called Aiken Drum. Mm. Now we just talked about pronouns, and we had a little bit of a discussion about yeah. Aiken Drum. Why does he have to be a man in the moon? No one knows. But I haven't been able to figure out how to degender this one. I usually take gender out of a lot of my, of my songs, mm-hmm. but I'm going to sing if it you to you. Yeah, if you have, if to have you guys ideas, have suggestions, let us know. so this is how it goes: it goes. Oh, there was a man lived on the moon, on the moon, on the moon. Oh, there was a man lived on the moon, and his name was Aiken Drum, and his nose was made of cheese, of cheese, of cheese, and his nose was made of cheese, and his name was Aiken Drum, and his eyes were made of meat. Balls of meat, balls of meat, balls, and his eyes were made of meat. Balls, and his name was Aiken Drum, and his hair was made of spaghetti, 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 and his hair was made of spaghetti, and his name was Aiken Drum, and he played upon a ladle, a ladle, a ladle. He played upon a ladle, and his name was Aiken Drum. Do the beginning with me. Oh, there was a man lived on the moon, on the moon, on the moon. Oh, there was a man lived on the moon, and his name was Aiken Drum. So, yeah, I've been playing with Aiken Drum lately. The kids really love it. Um, and I've been going into Canva and pulling up a image of the moon, and they give me suggestions for what the eyes are made of and the nose, and it's really fun. So I have a custom Aiken Drum for every single class. Um, and they make up their own words. That's awesome. It is very yeah. cute. You know, as I was singing that, because uh, I remember that conversation we were having about, you know, genderizing mm. and or non yeah. think I think there is, just let me know if I'm wrong. Like, or let me know your thoughts. Because like, you know, versus education's fluid and we're learning and whatnot. But I'm thinking about like, I think having genderized elements is good if balanced. Hmm. Like if you have enough literature that has, you know, Male and female. Male, female, mm-hmm. non-binary, you mm-hmm. know, if it's balanced. And I think it's, okay, and then I think that you got something to work with. Kind yeah, of I agree. I think that, uh, you know, there've been a number of studies on children's literature and it's, um, I think the most recent numbers that I read when my children were babies um, is that something like 85% of children's books um, were male mm-hmm. um, pronouns, even when it was like an animal or something like for, with no... Yeah. No particular yeah. bent. So I was always looking for more balanced books. Or, you know, before they could read, I would just change the pronouns once I re- in a while. I remember on one of um, Calling the Melodies uh, podcasts, they were talking about how this is more on the race element than the, the gender identity element. But, mm-hmm. like, 
there were of people of color representation was less than animals. Oh gosh. And like, <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. I, I think, I think the issue is that there's not enough representation. Yeah. And so like have our I, literature doesn't look like our population yet. I yet. Think. And I, I have, I have hope. I yeah, hope. I, I do too. It's like our profession mm-hmm. doesn't look like our population yet. Yet. Yes. Yeah. That's but true. It takes the tr- it takes the that dig- is another episode. So, yes, yeah. But it takes the digging of the aqueducts to make it happen. So You're right. Don't think it's going to happen passively. That's true. Be part of that change. So since we did Aiken Drum, I have something to share with you too. Um, my dear friend and our level one teacher, Dave Thaxton, hey. um, from Sparks, Nevada, has agreed to let me play his fourth graders singing Aiken Drum because they are celebrating that they just figured out how to sing in harmony. Oh. So here's a little fourth grade Aiken Drum in a little chaotic harmony for you. That was lovely. <laughs> They're pretty amazing. And thanks for listening, you guys. Yeah. Thank you all. But um, if you want to interact with us, or yes. you, Crystal. Sure. You can find me on Instagram, Mrs.Pridmore, or you can find me at crystalpridmore.com. Awesome. You can find me at Mr. Seligman, M-R-S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N, on all the socials, except for Hive. That's dead. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can find us at CH Classroom, um, or the YouTube is CH-Classroom, and... Uh, all the good stuff. All you the can good email stuff. us at chaoticharmonclassroom at gmail.com. But thank you all so much for listening. Hang in there. Yeah. We got this. We got this. Less than 30 days of school for us. 29, Woo. 28 tomorrow, I think. So, not that we're counting. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye. The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore and Jonathan Seligman. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com slash chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of our channel. Special thanks to Brian Pridmore for his help with production and equipment. www.pridmoria.com
praise be to Gilgamesh, you know, you guys are here to <laughs> teach my kids. 